Merry Christmas. Also, hello and welcome <laughs> to the Wrestling Headlines WWE Raw Review. That was me killing for time. I'll find a, a better way of doing it eventually over the course of time. Yeah, hello, my name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we're live here on YouTube and also in podcast form. Links in the description to head over to wrestlingheadlines.net. And I've just noticed that the uh, stream button on YouTube has gone red. Oh, it's new. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what am I like? I'm not tired. The answer's tired. But we had a Monday Night Raw to kick us into gear, to get us all excited for Elimination Chamber. I'm sorry, I'll say that correctly. Elimination Chamber. I'm still not... Oh. I'll, buy, I'll practice for next week <laughs> for the show itself Elimination Chamber we've got a stretch coming up of WWE stuff where we had the Royal Rumble then a week off for us Brits to recover but uh, no time off <laughs> coming up soon so my headphones fall off we've got NXT this weekend NXT TakeOver we've got Elimination Chamber the weekend after and then the one after that we're into AEW the AEW Revolution so Aftershock is going to be very very busy and will I have any energy by the end of it probably not because it's like one day to recover Raw review one or two recover NXT review then got to get your energy up for Sunday because you're going to be up till 5am. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so we've got a busy week of, busy kind of month of wrestling coming in this February in the run into WrestleMania. Uh, nice of it to die down before WrestleMania, you know, give you some chance to recover. But this episode of Monday Night Raw was the first one really kicking gears into Elimination Chamber. And I'll relate it to last week's NXT, which was like, oh crap. We've got a takeover coming up soon. We've only got two episodes. Better book something. <laughs> That's kind of what this war felt like. Like the one week to recover from the Royal Rumble. Then suddenly you've only got two weeks to your pay-per-view. So, Mazad, Mummy's here. <laughs> With, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I just remembered. I, during my Twitch stream, I mentioned that I would bring up, actually this is a perfect segue to talk about the one thing people are talking about from Monday Night Raw this week. Nia Jax. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's talk about it. And uh, Muslim in the chat is referencing uh, something I, I forgot on my Twitch stream. I was playing a lovely game. What remains of Edith Finch? A lovely game about, like, uh, I guess, mental health illnesses within the family. Really creatively getting that across. And uh, uh, whilst we were playing it, talking about more. <laughs> so, yeah. And, um, yeah, one of the things... You can follow me on... Uh, you can watch me on Twitch at the implications of two S's. But with... The Nia Jax thing, yeah, I, I said that I would get over the song, which I can't say the lyrics to because I'm on YouTube. <laughs> if I say it, that's me demonetised. Uh, I've labelled this episode my hole. Is it dead anyway? <laughs> Do I just throw one? You found it anyway. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so yes, yeah, so it was the... If you're look watching this in afterwards, if you look at the chat, you'll see Murray just saying... Uh, the, the song, I'm assuming you, most people would know what the song is. <laughs> but pretty certain I can't say anything about it. Unless I completely forgot the name of it. Anyway, uh, today's been an amazing day of memes. It's all been about Nia Jackson. It's been a, uh, all whatever you can come up with. It's reminded me of a, a lot of, I guess, this kind of happy aura around wrestling. The last time I felt this was with the little bit of the bubbly. <laughs> Where did so many memes, people seeing what they could fit it into especially the music, when it when something enters music, you're into something fantastic. Um, again, uh, yeah, the uh, Snow White one was amazing. 
Oh, there was a really funny one that I found afterwards. Oh, a video tape, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I'll go through what happened. <laughs> it was a tables match. Actually, I'll scroll down to my right up for it so that I can actually bang on about it. Where are you? Where are you, lass? lass there you are. All right, so it's an epic moment etched in stone. Ah, my hole. <laughs> I've done it way more dramatically, but I feel like it's the. It's better than me trying to do the night texting. Ah, oh, my hole. <laughs> my hole, my hole, my kingdom for a hole. In the ravishing glow, Lana finally had an ally for her to take on Nia Jax in a tables match. So she had Naomi at ringside and Nia Jax had Shayna Baszler. So, oh, finally we can see maybe Nia Jax get a little bit of comeuppance. And for me, that's exactly what this was. For me, Nia Jax gets crept on quite a lot, but I felt like she absolutely nailed what her character is on this night specifically, and we got to see her get a little bit of comeuppance. Because that's what her character is. Uh, you see her belittling and essentially bullying, uh, but eventually you'll get comeuppance. And this was like a little bit of comeuppance, just a little bit of embarrassment. I say a little bit of embarrassment. <laughs> just on national TV, just screaming, my hole! <laughs> it's a look. But yeah, Lana was fighting back against the most, the much more powerful lass, getting slammed down but countering out of the powerbomb. Naya went for the kill in a leg drop on the apron, missing, <laughs> and just screaming, ah! Just holding her back and walking around, and, ah! Just flipping the table over in pain as she holds her lower back. WWE use hip attack, so I'll say lower back, <laughs> holding the lower back before then just just shouting, my hole! Before <laughs> going, ah, into it anymore. For me, the thing that made me laugh, the comedic timing on it was fantastic. <laughs> it just made me laugh so much. And then I felt like the finish was, it's one of the things where I wouldn't be surprised if quite a few people missed the finish because they were just laughing at the delivery of the my hole! Which <laughs> is just, uh, and the fact that and then afterwards, I'm assuming that WWE bleeped it because they're like, mm, "Don't uh, can't be can't be saying that." <laughs> so they bleeped it, didn't even risk it or anything. However, uh, all of the content creators, cause I, I was thinking because I I heard WWE censored it on their YouTube, and I was like, "Oh wait, should we be careful?" As <laughs> in like the wrestling websites covering it, uh, should we? Because again, if this was my own personal channel, I maybe a bit more freedom. But it's like, yeah, I am doing this for a website. I was thinking, should I? Be careful, can I even do the my whole thing? Because I'd like to base what I'm like, what image I do for the show, what's it like in the middle section of my three, uh, which you can see to the right of me, finally pointing in the right direction. It's mirrored for me, so it's <laughs> probably difficult to remember. But yeah, so with what I put in the center, what I named the, uh, the like, main point of the episode, like this first bit I talk about, I'll go onto Twitter, I'll see what people are talking about, what is the most kind of talked about bit from the show, and it wasn't even close this week. <laughs> that was just like, it's going to be the my whole thing, isn't it? It just caught so many people so off guard. It's an absolutely hilarious moment. And I just have to applaud Nia Jax for it. It was an off-the-cuff creation. <laughs> it was just immediately GIF-inspiring and uh, the songs it's being put into. Oh, uh, thank, thank you to Murray for giving me the uh, Snow White and Seven Dwarves one. <laughs> Showing me that one, that really made me laugh. And Video Tate, that was another one that really got me. Uh, it was somebody, somebody. He's tagged Mafu of Botchmania. He's tagged him in it, so maybe that might make it easier to find. Say something like, uh, "I finally made something this worthy," uh, but it really made me laugh. Maybe that is the version I'm thinking of. Yeah, but still, it it really made me laugh. <laughs> oh, such a yes, but such a creative day. 
where it's just been, it's felt like the wrestling community coming together and just having a bit of fun at a bit that was intended, felt like it was intended as comedy. Uh, again, there's surely I was intended as comedy because <laughs> the timing on it is so good. I just want to applaud Nia Jax for that. <laughs> it just gave wrestling community for just for this week, just a nice little moment. I mean, like I, uh, as far as I, I'm currently going live against the impeachment <laughs> stuff. I think, as you know, the voting might have already passed by the time I'm live. Yeah, I can't, time zones, I can't remember. I don't keep up with everything. But point being, there's a lot of quite serious stuff going on right now. And it's just nice. It's nice to escape into uh, my hole. <laughs> it's, just, it's one of those things that I try to explain to my non-wrestling fan friends. Like, why the whole community just, have just adored this. <laughs> and it's, it's not that easy to... Because the fact that... My hole was genuinely trending on Twitter. Like, ha- <laughs> just the words "my hole" were trending. Oh, that's yeah. You know, a little bit of bubbly. That's nice and PG. My hole that needs some explanation. <laughs> and it's like, why did you go around, just warm around this moment? It's like, such an interesting choice of phrase to sell it <laughs> with. So yeah, yeah, hilarious ending to the match. Uh, it then went into Naomi versus Shayna Baszler. I guess I quickly banged through it. So, yeah, we stayed with that rivalry just for a little reason. Nia Jax helped to the back after the tables match, and for no other hole-based reasons. <laughs> just held just the tables match. And uh, this was the one match on the show that felt a bit like filler, the Naomi Shayna Baszler match. But, eh, it was fine. No one was talking about it. <laughs> Who was paying attention to Naomi Shayna Baszler after what we just saw? Uh, um, Baszler's downfall in the match itself was being the focus... Too, like, too heavily on Lana rather than focusing on the last in the ring Naomi rolling her up and taking advantage of that lack of focus so yeah uh, Roy's question is have I seen the Weetabix tweet <laughs> I have not seen that I have not seen it um, if you're able to give a mini amount of context whilst I talk through Shane O'Mac and the Invasion Chamber so yeah so, yeah, so this, this was the my whole episode Next week, I am scared as hell for the script next week. 100% there's going to be at least a reference. My fear is Lana and Naomi come out and crack jokes, just putting in the my hole. <laughs> no, Naya, I don't think you get my whole point. <laughs> so, yeah. Or uh, I don't think we should joke about this whole thing and then and Q turn to giggle <laughs> like when Ricochet tells a joke in WWE and it's the <laughs> the bad stuff like I'm assuming that's what I'm that's what I'm guessing for have Lana and Naomi do Ricochet humour WWE Ricochet humour have them do it <laughs> be ama- amazingly bad and I'm I'm not here for it but it's what I it's what I want and expect come on come on WWE give me crap <laughs> Crap scripted banter It's what I want It's what I need uh, Anyway We're on the road to WrestleMania Which means This was the Raw Kicking us into the Elimination Chamber And next week We'll be Oh crap we're here <laughs> But Again None of that matters Because this is the episode That will be purely remembered For my whole <laughs> Like no This will not be the, Oh do you remember that episode On Rockman Night Raw Where Shane McMahon came back And just announced The participants For the Elimination Chamber Like In a year's time Who's going to be like uh, And then it just You just know you just kind of charge them up a bit. It's like, no, the the my hole episode. Ah, oh, my hole. <laughs> I remember my hole. 
until WWE ran it into the ground by constantly referencing it. So that's what I'm looking for. Right, I've done done enough to, to give me enough time to give me the context for this Weetabix thing. Right. Uh, send a tweet with it having Weetabix with Heinz beans. It went off on Twitter and you have UK company Twitters going off on it. Replies like... <laughs> oh. Having Weetabix with Heinz beans. Why would... That's mental. This is a very British... Com- Weetabix. It's made of wheat. <laughs> beans. Baked, Heinz beans are baked beans. They're beans and... Well, I'm assuming that's a thing in America. Because they're in a lovely, in a lovely sauce. And they do not gel. Like an oaty wheaty <laughs> thing which you just have with milk compared to Heinz beans. What? <laughs> that is... That's a massive tangent. I can't... Oh, that is... Can't be doing that. No, can't. I can see why everyone's jumped off on it on the replies. <laughs> just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what have you done that? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought like I've got to get my head back in the game after that. Shayna Max back, everybody. Shayna Max back, everybody. Hey. Uh, oh, well, to be fair, that's because I forgot to pipe in the Shayna Max chance. <laughs> I knew something was missing. I will never find those funny. Where he, he's coming out and you've got the. Just blatantly, just the guy on the keyboard pressing the button for Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac. And it's the fact for me that they're told it's playing and they kind of look around like, yeah, thank you, thank you. In an arena we know is empty and they're looking around like, yeah, thank you. They don't turn to the screens. (laughs) They look around like, yeah, yeah, thank you. It's like, no, we we know it's empty. Who are you nodding at? (laughs) What is this? And it wasn't a Shane O'Mac thing. They did that last week as well. I can't remember who the chance were for. But the same thing, when they're in the ring and then the chant starts playing for them, they start going, yeah, th- yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll soak this in and then I'll get on my promo. It's like, oh, well, why are you? <laughs> I don't get it. Anyway, Shane McMahon comes out. Uh, I've better keep point here. Adam Pearce was in the ring and goes, ladies and gentlemen, Shane O'Mac. <laughs> and now he comes. I've elaborated a bit for dramatic purposes. But yeah, he, and he just comes out and just announces the men in the match. Like... All right, <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, I'm somebody who, you know, I quite like it when you know what you're doing in advance. Like, you know Elimination Chamber's coming up, so set something up so you can, you know, you know where you're going with this. So it doesn't, you know, surprise! <laughs> out of nowhere. But still, Drew McIntyre will defend his WWE Championship inside the Elimination Chamber in a lineup made purely of former champions. Ooh, right, yes. And of men purely 40 and over. Like, man, Raw really is good at bringing WWE's problems to the forefront each week. I swear, after Monday Night Raw, whether I've enjoyed it or not, the Twitter community is... Yeah, the Twitter version community is talking about something. I was going to say that overall social media, but um, have you seen the comments on Facebook? <laughs> it's a different world out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we've got Randy Orton, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles, The Miz and Sheamus. And yes, Mother, the best in the world. And they announced a match where all 40... So all the channels are 40 plus. <laughs> Huzzah. Aside from Drew McIntyre, can't remember how old he is. And AJ Styles is... He, he might be the oldest of the lot, but he feels fresher because he didn't arrive till 2016 because of all his other work. I mean, for me, that just exemplifies so much. Of the But like for me, just swap one of them out. Like Jeff Hardy... Uh, he's your guy that does the high fly spot, but to be fair, it's one of the things where you, you got it watching the rumble. There was so it felt very like a very very mid card rumble because nobody's been built up. Surprise, surprise! And because uh, I, I, I think my twenty twenty review was they absolutely nailed the men's champions. 
the rest of the show, flat as F. Flat as hell. Uh, to realise that when I was reviewing that, I reviewed that on One Nation Radio with uh, Rich Latter and James Boyd. And I was like, oh, wait, no, I could swear on that one. <laughs> Censor myself on here. Uh, yeah. Um, it's... Yeah, there's something about that lineup that just feels incredibly uninspiring. Like an entire chamber full of wrestling stars from wrestling's past, <laughs> like from a decade ago. Like it's great that it's a lineup that's also like since 2009, like risen up and kind of become like mainstays in wrestling. But like no little showing to give us something to chew on for the future. These are all names of the eras kind of gone and the ones that we're into. These are all apart from Drew McIntyre, who is. A returning guy, of course, he guy even got demoted around 2010. I want to say I can't remember the timelines, but aside from Drew McIntyre, every one of those people has just been around in wrestling for quite a long time. AJ Styles again, the freshest because again he was a TNA guy, then he was in New Japan, debuted in 2016. But in terms of wrestling as a whole, AJ Styles has still been a prevalent name. He's still been about quite a bit, and there are these are all names that we have seen a lot. Apart from Drew McIntyre, who again, he's been relatively strong in the wrestling scene, but he's not been a massive deal until 2020. So he's finally jumped on that momentum, but to be against five men who don't, there's nothing, what's the word I'm looking for? I think, I was going to say stale, but I don't know, I feel like it's a bit too strong for me. I say the word that I'm more going for is there's nothing fresh about it. There's nothing to excite me. I don't care for any of these guys because what also what momentum do they have? <laughs> just yeah, with a fantastic kind of um, yeah with a, yeah we we love Jeff Hardy and all. What's he doing in here? <laughs> uh, the matches he had with Elias that's what he's been doing this entire time. He's either been losing against Elias or he's been beating Elias and he's been doing that for months and that is it. <laughs> that is Jeff Hardy's life. What momentum does he have? But I guess that's a big issue of having Elimination Chamber three weeks after the Royal Rumble because they used that first episode to big up the road to WrestleMania, kind of kick-starting it on that episode of Raw, and you've got the stuff about the Royal Rumble winners and what's going to happen with the championships as we get on the road to WrestleMania. Then <laughs> then you only got two weeks to build the Elimination Chamber. It's no surprise nobody has momentum. I mean, they would have had momentum if you built, if you knew the show was coming. Like, there's an amazing concept where you know what shows after the Rumble, so you can you know, start to build up momentum going into it. But, uh, no, nothing. Like, none of these wrestlers have momentum. <laughs> so, Randy Orton is the only one, but he's recently not been winning. But, he's, again, he's been, he had such a hot 2020 that he's just going to burst into 2021 with momentum, even though he's losing. Uh, like, again, putting over, I guess... He lost to Edge. He's lo- he was going to lose to Drew McIntyre before the bro kick. Yeah, I'm not massively excited. Again, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus. Yeah, fine with that. Uh, I'm just a bit odd to do what they did last week, then do the chamber match this week. It screams that they didn't know they'd be in the chamber, <laughs> which is doesn't surprise me given the reports that WWE didn't know like what WrestleMania card's going to look like. So then that also doesn't surprise me that they didn't know what was going to happen in terms of the Elimination Chamber. It's like, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. When, word again, the WrestleMania, well, why would they know the shows to lead into WrestleMania if they don't know WrestleMania? Uh, so this screamed, we're going to go forward with the Drew McIntyre Sheamus storyline last week. Then this week, it's like, ah, but we've got to do a chamber, but I hadn't decided what. And then suddenly you got to make it fit into the chamber. It doesn't feel too disjointed. Like, honestly, <laughs> Sheamus and Drew McIntyre both being in there. The stuff, the interactions they both had with Adam Pearce kind of 
and uh, Shane McMahon, they worked enough <laughs> to kind of wiggle it, to kind of squeeze it in. Uh, but again, you are squeezing a ball of Play-Doh through a, a, a hole where you have got to force it a bit. <laughs> it's not just going to go, <laughs> like they're going to push it a bit. I don't know where that metaphor came from. <laughs> I'm in a weird mood today. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, Shane and Mac revealed the names and uh, it, it, then they left with a compliment to Adam Pearce. Like, you're doing a good job beforehand then giving the list and then afterwards going, yeah, just, again, you're doing a great job, Adam Pearce, who's like, wow, in amazement at such a thing. But he, he's, he's, um, he's been a bit belittling with that a bit, Shane and Mac, which scared me a bit, but hopefully that's just... Nothing <laughs> is my hope. Uh, also, then AJ Styles uh, came out afterwards, afterwards and revels in the genius before kicking the bold dad out for his match. Yeah, then the genius Adam Pearce's booking to give AJ Styles a title match. Amazing. So, yes. Yeah, and Shane and Mac, they missed a little, a little note is almost was with AJ Styles. I like it when wrestlers walk up the ramp and nod. I like that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh, he was your, he wasn't, no, what's the word? He was your bouncer. He was your bouncer for the Royal Underground. Shane, Shane. Oh, I just gone past, like, who cares? <laughs> oh, I like it when you give that nod. It's, yeah. Uh, anyway, after the break, Shane O'Mac was about to get in his car before WWE champion Drew McIntyre walked on in and let the lad know he'd have liked a tad of a heads up. Uh, Shane complimenting Drew and pretty much saying, what better a challenge for champions such as yourself for popping in his car to get driven off because he's rich. So yeah, it's set up what's coming, I guess. Where Drew McIntyre's going to start amping himself up. It's like, yeah, yeah. And until, I can't remember what I was watching. Again, during the day, I like to watch other Raw reviews to see what they're saying. Uh, one of them, <laughs> I need to make a note nowadays because I start, I've started referencing them. One of them made the point that Drew McIntyre and Shane McMahon at one point, um, Drew McIntyre was Shane McMahon's bodyguard on Raw. Like a teeny tiny little bit. And, it, was like, and I, it, it didn't ring any bells when they said that. I was like, oh, kind of. like When was that? Oh, do you remember when Cedric Alexander revealed himself as the janitor? It's like, oh, that was then? <laughs> of course. Drew McIntyre was the, like the bodyguard of Shane McMahon at that point. Like, oh, <laughs> that really is a interesting callback. <laughs> I did not remember that. Uh, again, I'm going to have to start writing down the names whenever I hear somebody say that so I can uh, credit them. Uh, but still, that was uh, yes, a hell of a realisation. Like, oh, there is history. That's why they talk like they've got history. I forgot about that. <laughs> Good on them for remembering they've got history when I didn't. Uh, yeah, kudos to that. So, yes. Anyway, we then went into AJ Styles versus Jeff Hardy and uh, TNA on Raw once again. I say once again, it would have been on SmackDown last time. TNA and WWE <laughs> once again. A... For me, this was a decent one-of-the-mill opener from the two vets. Uh, not that calling them the two vets is going to help differentiate them between the other Elimination Chamber competitors this year. But uh, there we go. Uh, Jeff Hardy going for a whisper, tweaked his knee, and AJ zoned in with full viciousness. A return to the matches these two had over on Smackers, like Hardy fighting back with the worn-down knee as Styles chopped him down. Uh, Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey's offence, not exactly the best to deal with such a predicament as that. But come back he did, and managing to go, uh, to go, to go round, to ground, <laughs> AJ to fly down with the swanton, but the lad had rolled out of the way. Oh, no. Uh, not a great landing for a lad already with a tweet knee. AJ right back in with a calf crusher, and that's all, folks. Oh, I didn't say that right. And that's all, folks. <laughs> Just it, yeah. A decent opener, 
But again, for me, I felt like it was a little bit run of the mill, probably because it felt like they were retreading ground that we'd seen on SmackDown and just kind of doing that match here a little bit. Uh, again, it's fine. It's For TV, I don't need anything more than this. Like, this is fine for me. You said they're going to be in a pay-per-view match, and they gave me a little preview. The only issue is somebody loses, so they lose momentum, and that makes me go, ah, oh, they're going to win next week, so the other guy loses momentum, and therefore nobody has momentum. But in WWE's mind, they've both got momentum. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. No. Anyway, AJ Styles with the first win in our indoor sprint to the Elimination Chamber. Oh, it's only it's uh, the uh, distance is shorter for indoor athletics. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's. Yeah, I don't know what... Because they said that these matches are to like get momentum for the wrestlers going into the Elimination Chamber. But that's not really much reason for me to get into it. Honestly. <laughs> Honestly not. <laughs> so, yeah. Again, the, another reason why uh, this core of the show itself isn't really being talked about. Like, on the whole, it is ju just the whole. <laughs> yes, it was a classic moment. But also, the rest of the show didn't really grab attention. Uh, I felt like it, some of it set up stuff nicely. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, we got a little hint of that here. Uh, Keith Lee, he's finally returned to television. Getting ready, uh, he is then approached by Riddle, who are uh, very quickly becoming a character I'm not particularly enjoying. He's sporting a black eye, who spouts his usual nonsense. Again, I've started just putting Riddle spouts his usual nonsense because it's just, bleh, it's nothing to me now. You can stop doing the bit. It's now nothing. <laughs> when I, it's just noise now. There's no substance to it. Therefore, you are fine to stop. You can move on. You've, you've established that's part of his character. You can have more characteristics than that. Uh, again, it's really weird because when he gets into the ring, he's clearly intelligent. He's got a lot about him. But behind the scenes, he's just one note. It's like, oh, you can give him more notes now. Whenever he turns up, it's just blare noise of nothing. Anyway, Lee calmly asks if he's all right in the head after Lashley's beating on him last week. Riddle still almost mindlessly chirpy. Again, he's one note backstage. But Keith proposed the idea of it maybe being someone else's turn to have a go at Bobby Lee Lashley. The big man, not not just confident he can beat the champion, but also confident going into his match with Riddle tonight. And that led to something quite nice later in the show. Uh, as I said earlier, I was a fan of... As I say fan... I didn't mind how they, again, tried to force the Elimination Chamber Play-Doh in. <laughs> Where uh, Shamu moans at Adam Pearce for stacking the odds against him after Drew accepted his challenge last week. For me, that's, yeah, that is the reaction you would expect from somebody put in that position after what happened last week to then find, they turn up to work this week and find out this. So, yeah, perfectly reasonable reaction to it. Consider your Play-Doh successfully in. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I've got to drop that metaphor. I don't know where it's come from or going. Speaking of not knowing where it's come from or going, Retribution! <laughs> they then faced New Day as Xavier Woods uh, continues to face them every week this year. Uh, as far as I know, 2021, Xavier Woods has only faced Retribution. Aside from the Royal Rumble, obviously, which obviously doesn't count. Uh, Cheshire Cat's Xavier Woods playing the trombone upside down. Uh, this time, it's with Kofi Kingston, though, so they're both kind of bouncing there as he's upside down playing trombone. But that's before it's time for the cameras to go mental, mate. Oh, it's, oh, it's crazy. I don't want to do, oh, I'm trying to move a little bit weird, but there's a wall right next to me, so I haven't really got much room. Oh, it's mental. <laughs> Retribution. I can't move. It's not. It's, it's, a, it's a laptop. So if I move it, it's just weird. <laughs> so I've got to go, whoa. Anyway, it's useless for the podcast version, <laughs> really. Uh, Ali on commentary doing some great stuff. Just that you realise how big of a robot the commentary team is. Just regurgitating, blah, 
and, and until a wrestler turns up who's just just uh, spouting out characters like oh my word character <laughs> there's substance to this uh, it's a shame none of the booking reflects that uh, the anger seething out of him as he just asks like when is it my turn just you know compared to my delivery then I'm sorry Ali in the action, uh, just shouting that in reaction to Kofi and Javier's like long run on top of the tag world. Like the, again, these are just another team. Exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, just like when is it going to be someone else's turn? Because uh, feeding off of the backstage, the backstage, the uh, raw talk thing. It was for Ali, which is saying, "What's the point in um, me paying respect to you for paving the road for me if you never let us walk it?" It's like, oh yes, go on, Ali, go on. But again, that was on raw talk. This was seemingly feeding off that kind of nature of his character that seemed to click on that night. It's like, oh my god, I've got something here for this character. I can hit, I can run on this. And he is. It's a, it's a very good, relatively good character thing for him. But in the actual, you know, booking of the group, they're losey, losey, losers. <laughs> so who cares? <laughs> uh, but the match itself was alright. The highlight for me, easily, when Kofi jumped back first to the outside while smiling directly to the camera the entire time. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Uh, the ending came when Kofi nailed T-Bar off the apron with a trouble in paradise before tagging in Xavier for the day break, flying double stomp for the win. But yeah, uh, New Day gave some more offence as he gave another reason for Ali to get angry. Because again, it was T-Bar and Slapjack. That's not the, the super retribution team, <laughs> it's fair to say. Uh, Ali screaming angrily at them. Uh, he's doing so on commentary. He's like, no, what are you doing? Do this! Before then going crazy at them in the ring afterwards. Uh, and then uh, shout, uh, also turning to shout at New Day on the ramp as Javier is just set on wrestling Reckoning. He's like, I've beaten everybody else. Where's Reckoning? Give me Reckoning. That's the last attribution for now to face. Give me Reckoning. Do uh, we? Not happening. But still, I, I can appreciate the comedic value. <laughs> I'll say that about it. Uh, again, retribution feel like nothing, nothings. However, at least with Ali and Kingston, they're building something. But... In terms of building that, I, I don't care because Xavier Woods beat him. Like, Xavier Woods beat Ali, and yes, they had him on commentary this time, so it was via distraction, it was via roll loop and stuff, but still, Ali lost to the not main guy of the feud. Like, he lost to Xavier Woods, who he's meant to be getting at to then get to Kofi, but he lost to Xavier. New Day have already beaten him. Why would I, why would he then be, why would he then be, why would I care about facing Kofi if, if I've already seen the other guy beat him. Get where I'm coming from? <laughs> it's just, it doesn't get invested in the feud. Why would I get invested in, in Kofi Kingston going after Ali when Xavier Woods has already beaten him? Like, there's, there's no... <laughs> there's no substance to it. There's no... I, I don't care. I don't care. I've already seen him lose. I can I can clap the, this stuff he's doing on commentary, but again, like, actual getting invested in the story, why would I care? Yeah. Anyway, I think this is an amazing transition onto why should I care about the story. It's Charlotte Flair confronting Lacey Evans and her dad, Ric Flair. <laughs> onto an absolute, absolute highlight moment to another. For me, like, I criticise the retribution stuff, because I kind of do that like all the time. It's, again, very, very... Like, it's, it's a, I was gonna, I'm trying to think of a way to emphasise it. Dead in the water on Arrival. Now they're trying to give some life to it, but it's still dead. <laughs> so I don't care. Uh, but... This was just bad. So it went for... It's a bad kind of portion of the show. Um, again, again, the match beforehand, there's technically nothing wrong with it. I just don't care. <laughs> and again, you're giving me the same thing every single week, so I'm getting bored of it as well. Yeah, it sucks because Ali versus Kingston, on paper, screams amazing to me. But for me, the absolute biggest misstep of this entire thing 
was he got Ali and Kofi Kingston specifically in a story about how Kofi Kingston took Ali's spot in the Elimination Chamber and how Ali's pent up all that anger about it over the last couple of years and now he's letting he's going to let Kofi make Kofi pay because of that. Then you create an Elimination Chamber match full of former WWE champions. So this for me screams again that they didn't know they were doing this Elimination Chamber until this week. So... If, for just an example, you did happen to know and he had a bit of time to well, who would fit into this match? Surely the guy in Kofi Kingston, who is specifically in a story about him entering the Elimination Chamber, becoming WWE Champion, and now the villain is going after him because it was Ali's spot that Kingston took in that Elimination Chamber. Surely Kofi Kingston, as a former WWE Champion, because of that, just, yeah, this the story that just fits so perfectly into him being in the Elimination Chamber as a former champion because of what happened and that can just anger Ali even further. It's like, oh, I just, it fits so well. I guess the only thing is, would they be worried about his injury status because he's just coming, he's coming back from a broken jaw? Like, do you even risk him being in the Elimination Chamber? That said, why is he not in it? <laughs> it doesn't mean it. I mean, I kind of like know the answer, like, no, he's a tag guy. Like he lost to Brock, and very quickly just cemented back in the middle of the card as a tag guy, with kind of no sign of it, anything else changing. But it's still, yeah, it just former WWE champions, and you've got that story going on. It's just so blatantly, <laughs> it's an amazing fit. Do it, they, like the pieces are there, but they're not doing it. Uh, but for me, that just tells me no, because then I'll be dancing around the WWE Championship. I'd just like to remind you, this is lower mid card fodder. <laughs> You're not really meant to care that much. This will be maybe a match at WrestleMania where it's very little investment in it, and the finish gives no momentum to anyone. <laughs> so that's that's my prediction. I've moved on from Retribution getting buried at the Royal Rumble because they did a relatively good job, you know, of not doing that. But my main kind of worry now is it was. Yeah, Kofi Kingston versus Mustafa Ali at WrestleMania. And it happens, and who cares? <laughs> that is my prediction. So, yeah. Anyway, I was talking about Charlotte Flair, and they said Dad Vic Flair. Uh, Vic in his shiny suit events. Oh, I can't speak. Vic in his shiny suit vents. That's a bit I couldn't say. Events about women. <laughs> and bigs up Lacey Evans as a star in the making as well. Uh, that just. Uh, yeah, she's just a star in the making. And she just needs some knowledge and motivation if she can get there and that's what Big Flo is there like he's purely there to help make Lacey the next big star like there's no other there's no other connotation to the relationship at all like if his charms affect her that's just to be expected woo <laughs> but he's he's here to help a wrestler become a champion there's no other things to it and again as a villain in speech it's fine it works uh, Charlotte Flair and her full entrance pyro and all <laughs> for interrupting a bit of speech. Uh, yeah, to, yeah, to come out and have a quick uh, a wee chin wag. It's <laughs> just full. Ex I wish I had that. Just full explosions. Would you like a cup of tea? <laughs> just, I love that. But yeah, she's she's disappointed in Lacey. Like she's willing to fall so far to get that championship glory to do what she's doing here. Uh, but she's also not afraid to tell her dad like how he really looks in all of this. Um, yeah, so yeah, talking them down. Uh, telling Lacey that she really did want to learn professional wrestling, she would go to the Performance Centre. 
little jabs like that. Lacey talked trash of the champion before letting us know WWE man in a, in a, a Mick Flair might have said it, I can't remember which one, but it was like in a pretty kind of boring manner, letting us know that WWE management has let them know that if she can beat Charlotte, then she will get a Raw Women's Championship opportunity. And the Queen obviously taking the first opportunity to challenge a fight. So yeah, so into that we went. Immediately, in my head, hasn't Lacey already beaten Charlotte? So <laughs> it's just like, if you can beat Charlotte, then you can do it. And then immediately in my head, she already has beaten Charlotte. <laughs> why? Oh, why, oh, why? <laughs> okay. Why, why in this particular occasion? It's like, uh, go, go on, why not? We've got to fill the card somehow. And... Unfortunately for me, following the Retribution segment, which again, I didn't particularly care about, because again, the Retribution kind of booking is, just makes them feel so weak and so simple, I just don't care. And then in another another ending feud, I'm on like more. Then I go to a feud I just has completely failed to connect for me. And in the ring, seemingly even more so, like this was pretty clunky. And I'm not somebody who really cares that much about a bit of clunkiness in my wrestling. I can get along with it. I don't go on. I don't care at all if there's a botch. I might have a giggle if it's funny enough, but past that, I don't really care. It doesn't de-immerse me at all. It's it's, it's people fake fighting in the underpants. Like it's fine. <laughs> I don't care. I can move on. I can get into it still. I can still stay connected. It's not an issue for me. Um, I mean, for me, there was a a lot of. Uh, like not great stuff. <laughs> like for me, the absolute standout moment of like what's going on here was uh, Charlotte chasing at Lacey, and who's in the corner. And then Charlotte then stops her charge and seems to you can see her just going like punch me, and then she does the slap or hit me. But it doesn't really matter. And it's just the the timing on it is just so run stop hit me bang. <laughs> it's like oh well, I'm into this. I'm totally believing this world. <laughs> no, it's like yeah. And there were a lot of, it felt like, I would say, timing miscues, but I don't know. I'm not a professional wrestler. I don't know what causes these things to look like it did. All I can, I think the phrase for me, clunky, it worked. I can say, as a wrestling fan, it came off as clunky to me. I can't give you the exact reasons why. I can, that one, the other one I just gave felt so blatant. <laughs> There's like, yeah, that, 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 yeah. She ran, she stopped running, asked, seemed to ask for a hit, and then she got hit. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to be buying that, am I? <laughs> like, obviously not. But, uh, yeah, still. A tad of a clunky affair. I can say that. It felt like that to me. Uh, but there were some things where I go, yeah, that was quite nice. Uh, for me, Lacey Evans did her moonsault, and then Charlotte Flair got the legs up, and Lacey then started selling the knee. And for me, that was done smoothly. It wasn't all awful. There were some nice sequences in it. It was just There was also a lot of mistimes as well. Um, I mean, hmm. Ultimately, it did its job. <laughs> and like, I'm not invested in this story. I've never been into the... I'll call it the soap opera stuff, and this is this year's soap opera stuff. Is it worse than Bobby Lashley and Lana? Personally, yes. However, wait until Lacey Evans wins the championship. Then I guarantee there'll be a lot of complaints. On, look, when I say complaints online, there'll be a lot of moaning. It'll feel like the uh, like wrestling community is just against Charlotte again. Uh, whatever. For me, it's not a good story. And you're going to put the Women's Championship on it. Like For me, it's a dead set. <laughs> but yeah, again, we'll... we'll, uh, well, I'll go for it in, anger, in uh, full, actually. For me, yeah, the way you match down, yeah, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't destroy the story they were telling. It just meant I didn't particularly leave the thing with much excitement. 
Charlotte full of anger let Lacey into the match more than she would have been with the lass on peak form. Like that little ditty about it. Uh, but Flair always finds a way back in. And Ric Flair was playing interference on the outside, swinging momentum more than once. The eventual snap came after Charlotte was on on back on was back on top following a mighty spear which did look awesome as well uh, with charlotte going off on her par before telling him to watch this and unleashing fury upon evans unrelenting strikes in the corner and refusing the referee's calls to stop leading to the dq and there's your way <laughs> in to give Lacey Evans her championship match at the Elimination Chamber. It was confirmed later in the show. And Charlotte, her WrestleMania path. And for me, just it's like, oh, you can see where this is going. It's going to be Lacey Evans versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. And so far, this story, not into it. Don't care. <laughs> not buying it. Not, uh, yeah, not buying the relationship between Evans and Flair. I feel like the tweet they put on it this week has been the best tweet, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> but I still don't really, I'm not into it. Uh, I don't, I'm not invested in it and I'm not buying it. And of course the match they just had here was pretty clunky. So I'm not going to get excited. Why would I be excited about a WrestleMania match after that? Uh, obviously they've got time to work on it. Yeah, but yeah, this specific occasion, things did not click, which would worry you if this is going to be a WrestleMania match. Uh, but they still had, went ahead with it. This is going to be... Again, in terms of caring for the characters as well, I get the point is you feel like Lacey Evans has earned a championship match by all, by not being deserving of it. Like she got there by Charlotte Flair kicking her ass too much. <laughs> so that's how she gets it. So when she eventually does become champion, she's got no momentum behind her. So why would I care? Like it's not Ric Flair's incredible management. This is how it definitely will be put up on commentary. Where it's Ric Flair's amazing management has lifted Lacey Evans and now she's become Raw Women's Champion because of Ric Flair's guidance. No, not at all. <laughs> it seems more like uh, she's failing upwards. Would you say a failing upwards is closer to it, I guess. Why would I care about that? Uh, anyway, I don't... Yeah, I'm not really that into it. <laughs> and the reason of Charlotte Flair getting so angry after who her dad's shagging. <laughs> I don't... Uh, yeah, it's not grabbing me. Yeah. Anyway, Edge. Let's get to something good. Edge. Uh, I, I really enjoyed his little bit with The Miz on this show. And, like, they're suddenly having the Royal Wumble winners come out and, like, well, who are they going to pick? Who are they uh, going to go with at uh, WrestleMania? And they're both Bianca Belair and Edge are like, well, uh, I'll tell you later. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in the air. I'll leave it. Like Edge himself saying that now the WWE Championship is up for grabs at at the Elimination Chamber. What does he do? Now he doesn't like Drew's chances to retain due to the nature of the match. So it makes sense to him to wait to like wait until the dust is settled. When out came Miz Morrison and Gaza. Uh, we saw them interacting earlier in the show. Uh, the Gaza's facing Priest. Uh, Miz with his usual money in the bank spiel and got absolutely slaughtered <laughs> by Edge on the mic. I just. Yes, well done, Edge. He he has been relatively solid when he's come back because I think I was tr I was trying to balance my views on the way Rumble like this on a thing saying I don't think what they've done is bad with the Edge Roy Rumble stuff. I haven't got any I haven't got any issues against Edge specifically. It's more specifically that this generation there hasn't been a men's singles match at WrestleMania between two guys of this generation uh, like, as like the headline kind of match. That, there hasn't been one. The phrase I used was there hasn't been a match of the generation. 
the, the women have had theirs. The men haven't had one. Uh, the, and the, the when it has been the men, uh, two guys this co-generation fight for it, it's been in the middle of the card with like many matches to go afterwards. Not just like one or just like a few because you know these aren't the main event a, a part of the show. Like no, there just hasn't been a this generation one. It's always been I guess Brock Lesnar's closest this generation. It's Daniel Bryan count when he wrestled Randy Orton, but also Batista. What what generation does Randy Orton fit into? <laughs> no but still, I'm just ready for this generation to have like a main event just match between two guys this generation and there hasn't been one and I feel like this generation is going to pass by before they do it and then you'll be like oh look at Roman Reigns versus blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like yeah I feel like that's that's the way that we're probably going uh, anyway uh, Angel Garza then faced Damien Priest I, I really like the pairing of Damien Priest and Bad Bunny the fact that there's still for me complaints of what's, what's Bad Bunny doing on here and I'm just like can he clearly not see what's happening here <laughs> like it's such a good pairing uh, Bad Bunny, like Spotify's most streamed artist, once again lending his aid to the new big arrival in Damien Priest. Like Damien Priest feels like such a big deal because Bad Bunny himself has got he's got so much kudos about him. He's, he himself is such a big deal that Damien Priest walking out with him. Like how how I don't get it. <laughs> how do people not see that? <laughs> it's as uh, again as far as I can tell, the majority consensus has shifted to now. This is a good thing. But I don't know if that's just because me and the like, other reviewers and things are all we're all saying that. I don't know what the like, the ca- more casual audience watching it what they think. Um, yeah, with the wrestling, I say more casual. I mean more casual than the people doing what I'm doing now. <laughs> like for like, as in doing a thing for a website. I'm not a normal fan. <laughs> it's fair to say, uh, but yeah, I still see a lot of comments about what is Bad Bunny doing in my wrestling promotion. Ugh, I hate it. I hate celebrities, <laughs> and I'm just like. But he's the most streamed artist on Spotify. Did you like the numbers and the eyeballs that he brings, and they're entrusting Damien Priest? Like all of that goes that everyone who tunes in sees Damien Priest. It benefits Damien Priest so much. How are you not seeing that? <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> and for me, he's been one of the best celebrity kind of uses, and Damien Priest uh, in tow has been one of the better NXT call-ups as well. Yeah. Again, we're two weeks in. We'll wait and see because <laughs> my rule WWE is. Uh, after a month are they still doing it I, I say a month it's either after this summer it was three weeks but maybe like three to four weeks if they're still doing it after three to four weeks then it's like okay this isn't just a little blip because like, Keith Lee had a strong start with momentum until he then got not used yeah sucks but I say Andrew Gardner was not a bad opponent uh, to give some odds to Priest to show he can climb over those odds in this second week on the show. Uh, also gives Garza like a celebrity to rip his, pa- rip his pants off and throw them at. <laughs> it's like, yes, <laughs> all for it. Uh, even though Adrian Garza is like, oh, like in 2020, I was like, this guy's the future. He's He's got the world in front of him. And now I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> Why uh, do, do you hate him? What's he done to make you hate him so much? Like, he's just a lowly little guy who puts over Damien Priest. I mean, he's a good wrestler and him being paired with Miz and Morrison meant that it did feel like Priest had some a kind of obstacles to climb over. But yeah. Anyway, Angel had a tad of offence, like mostly capitalising off of Miz and Morrison's distractions, but Bad Bunny stole the attention again by stealing the Money in the Bank briefcase to cause shenanigans, throwing the case into the ring, causing John Morrison to run in and fetch it, but then the ref sees him standing in the ring with the briefcase and just assumes that he's trying to lamp Priest. <laughs> so, out of here you go. Uh, the distraction created 
uh, attention was created and the reckoning soon followed for Gaza. Uh, Priest and Bunny win once again. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Damon Priest, yeah, starting to feel like a relatively big deal. Pairing him with Bad Bunny is a really good pairing for me. So yeah, I just realised I do need a drink of water. Mm. Lovely, lovely water. <laughs> I keep forgetting it's February over here and because it's so cold and chilled, uh, my water is still chilled like 50 minutes later. <laughs> so I caught me a bit off guard. Anyway, uh, Charlie in the interview ring da -da -da -da, with Drew McIntyre and uh, Elimination Chamber. Thoughts? Uh, Drew says it's WrestleMania season, but repeats his line from last week to shame us about just asking for a title shot. Why do you have to turn on me like that? Uh, but tonight he's focused on Mandy Orton. With the odds now against him, you back him into the corner like a wild animal. He'll fight like mad and rip your face off. I think he's used that kind of sentence structure before, but it, it works. I'm all for it. <laughs> I like it. So yeah, after the break, Bianca Belair was in the interviewing. Da -da -da -da. Uh, Charlie asks her about Asuka versus Lacey Evans getting confirmed. And like, who's she going to challenge at WrestleMania? And as I was saying earlier, like... Uh, she's just not going to reveal who she'll challenge. Uh, be it Asuka or Sasha Banks. And they were hyping up Bianca Belair. It was like, well, what's going to... Which way is she going to go? And the answer is, I haven't decided. So then that's that. It's like, stop hyping it. You're going to do that. Uh, also, I did enjoy Asuka coming in afterwards. Like, Sagoi, 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 Desnair. You, you won the Royal Rumble. That doesn't mean you're ready for Asuka. <laughs> it's like, yes. I've made it a lot more jovial. But she did the dancey thing. <laughs> and then the Belair having a bit of fun laughing and then also two of them dance dance laughing, I guess. Uh, like Lacey's clearly not ready for Asuka. But Bianca then lays down the line that if Asuka were to win, maybe the Royal Rumble winner will be showing her face a little bit more on Monday Night Raw. All right, Dr. Zeus. Yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I like that with both her and Edge, they've had them, like show up on the different shows and give a genuine, legit reason as to why they would go for that title. I like that. That Bianca Belair giving genuine reasons. Like, I'd love to face Asuka. I'd love to face Sasha Banks. <laughs> so, which one are going to go with? I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but it's good. It's good stuff. I like it. Edge as well showed up on every single show and giving legit reason and kind of uh, credus and a bit of emphasis to every title match that's coming up. I mean, every top title match is coming up, obviously. Uh, yeah, I like where it's going. I'm happy with it. Uh, speaking of things I was happy with, Riddle versus Keith Lee. Just so jarring of I can like the backstage segments like Keith Lee for me comes across as great. Riddle again one note and the note has gotten you've got over as in I don't think I don't mean it's over. I mean we understand. <laughs> we understand the trait you've given Riddle. It, it doesn't have to just be that one note. <laughs> but in the ring, there's so much to him. And uh, well, after two weeks of isolating, it's really nice to see the big man back. Uh, Keith Lee, again, some of you didn't know, uh, his lady partner, Mia Yim, tested positive. Sorry, reckoning, <laughs> tested positive. So, yeah, he, he isolated. Uh, he never did test positive, but he's back now. And it, like, it sucks the man missed the rumble, uh, but at least he's not out any longer. Uh, MVP on commentary two, uh, tying over the Bobbly Lashes factors for this matchup. A great, like, middle of the show match for me. Uh, showcasing the future as the main event, like, currently sits in the past. Uh, but we had this match to showcase the future. Big, powerful Keith is big and powerful. Riddle using his wrestling acumen to try and find a counter in. 
Uh, but charging at the big lad maybe wasn't the smart move. <laughs> he was a tad smarter with his other offence though. And managing to ground Lee and eventually did so again and like nailed the floating bro for a close fall. Like countering the man's power with a triangle as well to work it down that arm and drain the energy out of him. And like, in the end as well, like he was worn out, he was knackered, they both fought all over the place. And a flash jumping knee looked to be a quick spark for middle. But Keith Lee immediately responded with a glory bomb for the win. He was like, yeah, Keith Lee came over, he came across as like a really strong wrestler. <laughs> I don't mean he's in power, it's like just, yeah, he's, yeah, he looked great coming out of this. Uh, yes, Riddle lost, this was the match he looked the best in. I feel like, and the, and like with Keith Lee winning, you can just say it was because Riddle still wasn't 100% after the Lashley beating. Uh, it's just Riddle got beaten so soundly <laughs> by Lashley after weeks of also losing. So it's like, uh, like last week it was like, how's he got another title shot? Has <laughs> he, he just, Clearly lost. Uh, he's got another title shot again. So, yeah, uh, was it a show of respect between Lee and Middle after the match? Before the United States champion burst on E on in Bobby Lee Lashley, knocking Lee to the outside before swinging Middle around with the hurt lock. Yes, again, uh, Lee the one caught by the blind side. Riddle the one who had just taken the glory bomb loss. So it makes sense that Lashley could take advantage and beat them both down. Uh, Lasses. Charged in with the steel steps at Keith, knocking him over the announce table before MVP handed the man his US Championship to pose on high, looking mighty as hell. That's like, yeah. And then, then this match was officially confirmed as a triple threat at Elimination Chamber. It's one of those where I look at it and go, that match will be really good. And then I also look at it and go, why the hell is Riddle there? <laughs> in terms of uh, in terms of holding something off, for me, Lashley Keith Lee is your WrestleMania match. You can go with that. Here, Riddle's there to take the loss, or with the championship and be just like a too fast lane distraction. Then you do Lashley Keith Lee at WrestleMania, and Riddle's kind of the storyline road to get there. For me, yeah, it's, it's one of the, because his character's so soundly lost. It's like, well, why, why is he in this match? As in, in terms of like the kayfabe world, why is Riddle there? Why, <laughs> why is he there? I don't really know. Anyway, uh, moved on. I feel like it's one of the, it's one of the things. Yeah, it'll be a good match. I just wanted to point out, like in terms of the middle character, he soundly lost repetitively. Why does he keep getting championship matches? Uh, other than this is the feud that's happening, which is that's the WWE way. Like it doesn't matter if you keep losing, you're in the feud. Therefore, you keep facing them. Okie dokie. <laughs> I guess I'll stop questioning. Uh, Drew and Randy got a nice little VTR titled "Unfinished Business." Uh, they put the effort into it. That they, for me though, they served as these two from August to November without break. And you're damn right, I'm not ready to be given this plate again. Uh, but hey, uh, gives a reason for Orton to be in the main event for another fiend ending, I guess. Uh, and I've just realised as I wrote that, that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> there was no fiend. Uh, it might be a smart way to kind of surprise you a bit when he shows up at the Elimination Chamber, just to not feature him these next two weeks. Uh, because it's been the ending every single time. They're changing it up a bit, you know. It's not ending every show on a Fiend thing. There was zero mention. No Alexa Bliss, no Fiend stuff, no fire or anything. Just straight up Elimination Chamber. Uh, anyway, Vandy gave us one of his to camera promos after that. He's obviously jumping in on doing whatever it takes to become WWE Champion, as is his nature. Uh, but tonight, Drew gets reintroduced to the Legend Killer. At Elimination Chamber, Destiny will be calling once again. Vandy K. Orton. Keith. <laughs> Randy Keith Orton. Yeah, uh, yeah. please don't win, Randy. Don't care about Edge, Randy. You gave me the last one. 
fine with that. And and to be fair, with Edge going to each show for me, Edge versus Roman Reigns just screamed <laughs> That'd be an amazing match. My only worry for that one being that apparently the storyline that Edge kind of the vision Edge had in his head was the amazing comeback and then the Royal Rumble win and then he wins the WWE Championship or wins the title at WrestleMania to kind of cement the amazing comeback. Uh, that said, it's been, it's been ten years. And the new generation has emerged, and the new generation desperately needs its moment. <laughs> so, Edge, if Edge is to beat one of them, uh, I guess if Randy Orton winning, so that we get Orton versus Edge, and we get Sheamus versus McIntyre, I guess that's a workaround. But that would be a bit of a damp ending, and would be very emblematic of the current state of Raw for me. As in, the reason I would have been the only reason Randy Orton versus Edge would be fine for for him would be because then you're not having any of the current gen guys lose to Edge. Because, <laughs> so, again, they desperately need like, just to have that match at WrestleMania. And it's, it doesn't look like they're getting it. We'll wait and see. Yeah. I, I'm suspecting Drew McIntyre versus Lesnar again. I'm just uh, like, I'm suspecting Lesnar to show up, and that's what Drew's match is. Uh, that, that's my prediction. Unless you get Randy Orton Edge and Roman Reigns... Who do Roman face if it's not Edge? Because it felt so great. Okay, SmackDown's been good. I've, I've been fine with SmackDown. Stop ribbing on SmackDown. <laughs> They're fine. Anyway, I'm getting close to the hour. I try and keep these shows uh, like under an hour, but I'm going to fail now because I've got the main event to cover. So it's Randy Orton versus Drew McIntyre. Immediately, uh, here we go again. <laughs> this time with Baddie Sheamus distracting at ringside. Orton on top, thanks to that, as Drew had to valiantly fight his way back in like a true hero champion does. Uh, plenty of reversals and near falls for men overly familiar with each other. The anger between the two nowhere near the heights of their last meeting, but that's to be expected given that they've moved on to new passages before facing each other again for some reason tonight. I mean, we know, the Berlin's Elimination Chamber, but again, they gave it so, so many times. <laughs> Not going to be hyped for it. Uh, major positive, the superplex for Morton is as super as always. Always gets a reaction out of me. But the RKO doth not cometh for a man you faced three too many times. Randy looked to have another go for the RKO, but a Shamu ran in with the bro kick. Randy wins via DQ. Sheamus got a Claymore to the face, and the WWE Champion stands tall for now. Yeah, that's that's the ending. Uh, Samoa Joe were marking just in time before the show went off air. Like, I think he meant to bro kick Drew before that story, like just getting that story beat in, like in the inch of time. <laughs> so we know it wasn't a purposeful DQ. It was the look of the champion that the other lad got caught by the Irishman. Yeah, the look of the Irish not on his side. It was on the Scottish on this night. Uh, but technically, Randy Orton beat Drew McIntyre by a DQ. Hopefully they don't use that. Hopefully that's not a little sign of Seamus costing Drew. Because that, that feels... The little thing you put in there, yeah, it, feel, it would feel weird for Sheamus to do that massive turn and then just lose. It's like, well, then I don't care about, that. <laughs> about the next match because he's lost soundly. Yeah, but I do like uh, I did, again. I did like the react, the interaction with Adam Pearce. I was like, you screw me over because he's accepted the match, then you've gone and just booked this elimination chamber match. And uh, Adam Pearce is like, well, this is a big spectacle match for like for a pay per view. Like it's a big show in the elimination chamber, and we're delivering with this match. Uh, Shame was obviously not happy with that. So, yeah. Anyway, that is the end of the Raw review. Overall, uh, <laughs> what other review do, do I give it other than 
my hole because that's all this show will be remembered for <laughs> really uh, again it's set up elimination chamber but a lot of it again was retreading stuff you got reintroductions of some characters uh, I say some characters specifically Keith Lee um, but the rest of it for me uh, it's setting up elimination chamber but I wouldn't particularly call the show like memorable the only thing for me that stood out was uh, Nijax that was it and I guess the 40-plus thing has kept the Elimination Chamber kind of relevant, but I wouldn't say excitement's building for the match. It's Elimination Chamber. It's hard to do badly. They have done it badly, but uh, it's kind of difficult too. you got AJ Styles in there. That's normally <laughs> like a very strong linchpin to have in there uh, to kind of solidify, expect, and you can build everyone else kind of around the awesome guy in there. Uh, Drew McIntyre over as hell as a champion. Randy Orton's been solid as hell. The Miz is money in the bank. Uh, quite often they have the money the bank is at the level that he is in a match like this uh, Jeff Hardy why is he in there other than well we need someone to jump off something <laughs> in terms of you know actual in the world what's he doing there <laughs> I know why he's there like in in like in terms of putting the match together it's like oh who would we like in this match that kind of like give us moments and things like yeah Jeff Hardy he'll jump off something yeah he's a great guy to have in there but He's not got any momentum. <laughs> he's, no, he's not got any reason to be announced in this match. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, I mean, aside from being a former champion. But still. Anyway, it's it's going to be a fine match. I'm just not super motivated into it. But, yes. My review of Monday Night Raw is out of my hole. <laughs> There's no other thing I can say. So, yeah. Anyway, that's the end of the Raw review. I'm going to rest my voice because we've got the massive Sunday night sprints to be coming soon. So... Uh, I'll be back on Tuesday for the NXT review. Then I think I will be back for NXT TakeOver on Sunday. I've got that to look forward to as well. Week after that, Elimination Chamber. Week after that, AW Revolution. It's a busy schedule for the wrestling fans, especially if you're British. Good luck with the sleeping patterns <laughs> and all that. As I was saying earlier, after the Royal Rumble, I desperately needed a full week. And I would say I've not recovered fully. I still feel... The phrase I use is... Um, I'll get like cold like um, symptoms a bit like the symptoms <laughs> like whenever I'm kind of run down from late night stuff and I just had if I have a couple of good nights and I get on a better kind of pattern I, it goes away and I'm fine and uh, I've still got a little bit of the headache sometimes it lasts longer that's the sucky thing about it it's not um, it's not universally the same each time sometimes it takes me a couple of weeks sometimes it's been weeks other times I'm fine a few days later <laughs> so hopefully that's the one that happens at takeover and i don't get run down again yeah anyway it's nice going from thursday to tuesday without anything to do uh so that was nice this week i'm looking forward to it in march <laughs> anyway you can follow me on twitter at the damn implicat that's damn as in damn you can again so you can follow me on twitch at the implications with a second s one day i'll remember to put that in my name bar underneath me and you can tune in to the NXT Review on Tuesday. There's all the other stuff here on the Wrestling Headlines YouTube as well, as well as Laws of Pain Radio, where this is put out in podcast form over on Red Circle. And you've got all the other shows on there as well, under the Wrestling Headlines slash former name LOP uh, banner. So they're, they're all there. Check those out. And uh, just Wrestling Headlines website itself. Columns being bashed out left, right and centre in awesome fashion. Go read them all. Uh, really proud. I want to say proud to be amongst the kind of writers of this generation. I feel like... I need to get back into <laughs> writing. It's just that COVID screwed me over in terms of my schedule and being able to do that. So again, hoping things settle down soon at some point. So yeah, my voice is going and I need it for Thursday. So I'm going to sign off now. So that, 
That was Monday Night Raw. What did you make of Monday Night Raw? What did you make of my hole? <laughs> and with that, in the most unique send-off... Uh, some, sometimes I love wrestling. <laughs> Send me over the memes. <laughs> Send me memes. I'm all for it. Uh, with that, I bid you adieu. Adios. Ten.